Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. The spikes are in the metros. The density of the population is, is also probably a factor. We need about 70 to 80 percent of the population to be immune. It's extremely unlikely that we would eradicate COVID completely. It's just too contagious and too widespread. If you disagree with these woke corporations, then you will be monitored. You will be tracked. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome in. And uh, lots to talk about as always. Donald Trump, late this afternoon, has announced he is launching a communication platform. Now, initially, it is just a one-way platform. It'll be his platform that he will send out all kinds of information, tweets, videos, pictures, comments, commentary to the public. So if you've been following him on Twitter, you will now have to follow him. Uh, The platform is, quote, from the desk of Donald J. Trump. It appears on www.donaldjtrump.com forward slash desk. Now, interesting, I'd never signed up for this, but I, I get emails several times a day, uh, almost to the point they're annoying, Mr. Trump, President Trump. I love you, but the emails are getting a little overwhelming. That And they always say, from the desk of Donald J. Trump. I get that, too. Yeah, well, apparently, if you've ever had anything to do with the uh, ex-president, you're getting those emails. Uh, anyway, he is going to uh, go ahead and launch this. Now, uh, initially, it's just a one-way platform. You can't communicate back. You can't like. You can't discuss. My hunch is that that will change as uh, it gets down the road. I My hunch is they're going to open it up, and it will be more like a uh, two-way conversation. The uh, technology appears to be powered by campaign nucleus. The uh, digital ecosystem made for political campaigns, organizations, and it was created by his former campaign manager, Brad Parscale. The uh, space allows Trump to post, allows followers to share the former president's posts to Twitter and Facebook. Maybe that's how he's going to get back on Twitter and Facebook. He's not going to be on there, but you can share his tweets on Twitter and Facebook. Interestingly, the timing of this that uh, apparently... The folks at Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg's organization, uh, are apparently getting together today to decide whether or not Donald Trump will be allowed back on Facebook or whether he will be banned permanently. I'm telling you, uh, Twitter and Facebook, I mean, right now you're at on the top of your game. And uh, don't think that you won't come down. They all do. I, look, when I was a kid... Montgomery Wards and Sears was it. I mean, that's 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 what everybody in retail aspired to be. The next Sears, the next Montgomery Ward. Where are they? They don't exist anymore. There will be something that comes along that uh, will knock you off the throne. So you might you might just want to think that through. Just saying. First and Freedom Daily is reporting uh, on a uh, maybe you saw this yesterday. Not not that. Many of our listeners watch uh, Joe Scarborough, the former Republican congressman, who I don't think they'd let him back in the Republican Party today if he ever wanted to run again. So he's on talking with some guests about the Republican Party. 
And he brings up three states that he claims the Democrats are going to take over. Now, uh, we, we talked about last week how Apple has made that big announcement. Some people are calling it controversial that we're going to be handing over $845 million, somewhere about that number of taxpayers' money, to, uh, to Apple and uh, give them a tax break through like 2060 for the next 40 years. And, um, but anyway, they were, they were on Joe Scarborough, Morning Joe, talking about how Georgia, Arizona, and North Carolina will go from being solid Republican to iffy to solid Democrat. And uh, it was rather interesting to hear Joe Scarborough describe you moronic hillbilly conservatives. We're going to be adding North Carolina to that list. That was close, but 40 years from now, with more educated people coming into North Carolina, you look at the patterns there, you're going to have a Republican Party that is going to start with Phoenix, or or with Arizona, with Georgia, with North Carolina, out of their columns. Makes it almost impossible for these people to win. And yet, instead of trying to figure out how to reach out to the suburban voters of Atlanta, the suburban voters of Phoenix, uh, those suburban voters and, 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 and intelligent voters in the research triangle in North Carolina, they're going the other direction. Like, they're, they're the self-infliction of wounds. It, it just continues. And were I a Republican, my God, I would just say, this is preposterous. This is dangerous. Wake up. But they aren't waking up. Apparently, Apparently, Joe, Joe is, is doing his uh, broadcast from the sewer now. <laughs> I don't know what that echo was. but uh, So, yeah, um, once North Carolina can bring in some educated people that wear shoes and have all their teeth, then we will be smart enough that we won't vote for Donald Trump. Thank you, Joe, for that uh, insightful commentary on us ignorant North Carolinians. Despite the Republican Party's suicide mission, according to Scarborough, who sees uh, and sees these dumb Republican voters, they just won't wake up from the Trump nightmare. Here's the thing, Joe. Maybe, just maybe, there are individuals who are in the Republican Party who do things and vote for things based on what they think is morally and ethically correct, not on what, not on what wins them the next election. Uh, and quite frankly, Joe, I, I mean, if you want to talk about going in the wrong direction, do you see what the Democrats are doing, Joe? <laughs> I mean... Do you, do you really think that educated—I mean, you're talking about educated people. Educated people that come out and say, oh, yeah, men can claim to be women, and women can claim to be men. Yeah, that's, that's educated. Um, I don't think so, Joe. Uh, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Republicans do things because—and vote in a certain way because it's just the right thing to do. Morally and ethically, it's just the right thing to do. National Review is reporting that Texas Democrat, we talked about him yesterday, the guy from Texas, who was a uh, Democrat county party chair, he has resigned. The guy that called Senator Tim Scott an Oreo, 
He's resigned in response to mounting pressure from both sides of the aisle, thankfully, surprisingly, that Democrats would encourage him to uh, resign. Because, I mean, it's always the double standard. A Democrat usually says it, and there's no pushback. Republican says it, and you go out and hang him. He said, I'm deeply and sincerely sorry for my inappropriate and hurtful use of racist terms. I used to describe Tim Scott on my personal uh, Facebook page. It was insensitive, and I've embarrassed myself and my party by its use. Lamar County Democrat Party Chair Gary O'Connor said to the Washington Examiner earlier today, I will say this, Gary, you actually apologized. So kudos to you for, for apologizing, and I hope you send a personal note to Tim Scott. But, I mean, most of the time you hear these apologies, they come out as, well, if you're so thin-skinned that you were offended by what I said because you're overly sensitive, then, then, then I guess I'm sorry. No, you, you did embarrass yourself. Uh, as a result, he said, I feel compelled to offer my resignation as the chair of Lamar County Democratic Party for consideration by the county executive committee, O'Connor said. "My I, Well, I, <laughs> I was going to say my hunch is they'll accept it. Who knows? Anyway, uh, thanks for the apology, and uh, Tim Scott, your stock continues to rise. I think Tim Scott is probably wearing the insults, the racial commentary against him right now. I think he probably wears that as a badge of courage. And every time somebody says something like that that is really idiotic and, and hurtful and stupid— I hope Tim Tim Scott is wise enough to realize that um, even though it's mean and it hurts, uh, and, and you don't like to hear it, but think of the silver lining, Tim, that your your stock is going up, your popularity is going up. Every time somebody says something stupid like that, there are more people that are going to look at you and uh, realize that you're a man of character, so stand strong. President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden sat down with President Jimmy Carter and his wife, Rosalind. Um, Jimmy and Rosalind, I, I, I don't mean this in any demeaning way, they have had a long life. Jimmy is 96 now, and Rosalind is 93. And maybe Joe and Jill Biden took this picture to make them look young. <laughs> Joe, Joe needs to do something to make him look young. But what was weird about this picture was the Bidens are kneeling next to the two. Joe's kneeling next to Rosalind, and Jill's leaning next to uh, Jimmy. Jimmy and Rosalind are in easy chairs. And the thing that's funny about it is apparently they must have taken it with a wide-angle lens to get everybody in the picture. And it makes the Bidens look like giants— and the Carters look like dwarfs. I mean, it is really weird. But even more weird is that nobody's wearing a mask. I mean, they are right there, inches, faces inches away from each other. Not six feet, maybe six inches. They're all cozy in together, and nobody's wearing a mask. I'm actually pleased that the uh, head of the... Uh, Mask Coalition Joe Biden was not wearing his mask. It will, one, make it harder for him to press for a mask mandate passport, and it just reinforces the liberal hypocritical double standard that you always see from the left. But see if you get that picture and put it on our Facebook page. It's hilarious. Yeah, go to uh, ENC News and Views. Clark will get that up for you. Uh, speaking of Joe, 
Uh, good news. This is cut one. Uh, good news is, according to Joe, now how many, many, how many, I think there's a few of us that, not us, <laughs> a few of you that make an excess of $400,000 a year. Uh, if, if you're in that category, good news. If you, uh, well, let me put it this way. If you're 400000 or less, good news. You won't pay any taxes. I'm going to do this is I keep hearing on the press, Biden's going to raise your taxes. Anybody making less than $400,000 will not pay a single penny in taxes. And we will not increase the deficit either. Unlike the last gigantic tax cut, which increased the deficit by $2 trillion. Anybody making less than $400,000 will not pay a single penny in taxes. Once again, Joe screwed it up. Uh, if yeah, according to Joe, you make four hundred thousand or less, you will not pay one penny in taxes. Now, Snoops Snopes comes out and says, uh, "Well, he clearly misspoke. He meant you won't be paying any more in taxes if you make four hundred thousand dollars or less." Uh, Jen Psaki further added to the Biden confusion tax promise, saying that Biden means families rather than individuals. So uh, they've they've got it pretty screwed up. Anybody making more than 400000 will see a small to a significant tax increase, Biden told George Steffi Stephanopoulos and reported to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, he added, if you make less than 400000 you won't see one single penny in additional federal tax. The Wall Street Journal then reported that White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki conceded that the 400000 threshold was for families, not individuals. This means that two married individuals, both with incomes lower than 400000 annually, but amounting to more than 400000 when combined, could see tax increases flying in the face of Biden's campaign promise. The Wall Street Journal was not kind to Joe Biden on this. He just said, that, well, the Wall Street Journal said, this is a familiar tax bait and switch. Democrats promise they only tax the rich, but there aren't enough rich. And the rich don't have enough money to finance the Democratic Party's endless spending schemes. Millions of Americans, Mr. Biden wants to tax aren't uh, tax aren't rich. There are successful Americans, typically at the peak of their earning lives, who might make two hundred thousand dollars over several years. Uh, you are right, Wall Street Journal, and you're also right that there is not enough money. There will never be enough money for the Democrats. I don't care how much money they could bring in through taxes, they would want to spend twice as much. I mean, we could be bringing in $100 trillion a year, and they'll want to spend $200 trillion. But uh, the, do the math, and you can't come up with the money. We talked about this last week. He wants to spend trillions, and he's talking about bringing in billions. And again, you tax it, and it will disappear. For sure. We've got to take a time out. Love to hear from you. 561-8255. Lots more news and views coming right up. Almost back to normal means back to eating out. Where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? Back to the gym. Sir, there's no smoking on the treadmill. Back to smelling your co-workers' lunch. Uh, who cooked fish in the microwave again? And back to wasting time in traffic. Our updates and alternates. We get you back to the good stuff. Go, son, go! Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. All right, welcome back in. It is News and Views for a Tuesday. Take a look at your weather forecast tonight. A chance of showers and thunderstorms mainly before 11 o'clock. 
Lows around 71. Chance of precip, 40%. On the way into the studios, I noticed out towards the west, there looked like there were some pretty uh, pretty big uh, thunderclouds building. So we'll see. You might just keep an eye on the sky. Uh, looking at Wednesday's forecast, a chance of showers and thunderstorms before 8 a.m. Otherwise, the sunshine will come out with a high near 87 Wednesday night, a chance of showers and thunderstorms again, mostly in the early evening. Then on Thursday, sunny with a high near 71. So a little cool front coming through to cool things down. Friday, sunny with a high near 71. And it looks like a pretty good weekend for Mother's Day. So don't forget Mom. Weather brought to you by our good friends at the Ironwood Golf and Country Club. Voted best golf course in Greenville two years in a row. Ironwood Golf and Country Club boasts an 18-hole Lee Trevino design course. Full-service dining, an outdoor pool, tennis, and more. Our newly renovated 15,000-square-foot clubhouse is the perfect place to make new traditions with your family. For a limited time, join Ironwood and pay zero initiation fee. Call 252-752-4653. Find out what makes Ironwood the best of Greenville. Be a part of the best. Ironwood Golf and Country Club, 252-752-4653. If you want to get into golf and you've never played, there is no better PGA golf pro and instructor in the area than John LaMonica, who is the golf pro over at uh, Ironwood. Give John a call. He'll get you started. You'll enjoy it. Uh, By the way, there's an interesting uh, story on Fox Business News. Maybe you knew this. Maybe you didn't. If you're down on the Outer Banks, it doesn't say where in the Outer Banks this took place. But maybe you're listening and you've run into Bill Gates over the years. Uh, You'll know where his cozy little beach cottage was. But uh, according to uh, Fox Business, a story that came out this afternoon, as we mentioned yesterday, about the time we went on the air, it was announced that Bill and Gloria Gates were filing for divorce after 27 years. Uh, This might be one of the issues. (laughs) I'm just saying. Uh, I don't think my wife would have agreed to this when uh, we got married. As part of the deal that Bill Gates had when he married his wife that he's now divorcing, it was that he could once a year go away to a North Carolina beach, stay in a beach cottage with his old girlfriend. Yeah, I'm not making this up. Um, Her name was Ann Winbald. And uh, she, the two of them would get together every year. Now, she's actually older than he is. Now, he said, we just want to get together because we're both tech nerds and we could talk about things like biotechnology and those kind of things. And, you know, I just want to talk trade. Uh, I don't care what I would have wanted to talk about. I don't think my wife would have uh, given the thumbs up, nor would have I given the thumbs up to her. If she wanted to go away once a year for a extended weekend with an old boyfriend, <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't think that's the way you start out. Maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe not. But I don't think that's how you start out. Uh, by the way, The Hill, remember back in 2020 of January, The Hill reported then when Trump expanded the China travel ban which you might remember Fauci and the Dems said, you know, the, the ban to, to this was an extended ban to a bunch of African nations after the, the travel ban to, uh, to and from China was announced. 
Nancy Pelosi and uh, Fauci, everybody came out and said, oh, no, 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 no. We don't have to have a travel ban. That travel ban, that's xenophobic. Uh, Nancy Pelosi ripped Trump's expanded. This is this is from last year when it when it was actually in the news. Nancy Pelosi ripped President Trump's expanded travel ban after he included six other countries to the list that will face increased travel restrictions. And again, this was related to COVID. The Trump administration's expanded expansion of this outrageous un-American travel ban threatens our security, our values, and the rule of law. The sweeping rule, barring more than 350 individuals from pre- predominantly African nations from traveling to the United States, is discrimination disguised as policy, Pelosi said in the statement. With this latest callous decision, the president has doubled down on his cruelty and furthered, further undermined our global leadership, our constitution, and our proud heritage as a nation of immigrants, she added. Well, guess what? Fox News is reporting today travel restrictions from India to the United States went into effect today. Isn't that another nation of color? Wouldn't they be considered a nation of color? Went in effect today as the alarming COVID-19 surge there is officially infecting more than 350 people a day. Apparently, the hospitals are so full there is no room for Americans. The U.S. Embassy in India is warning of reports of uh, Americans not getting treated. They're saying, get out of there. Now, this, this ban does not affect American citizens. They can come back in the United States. But um, if you're not, or if you uh, don't have a uh, permanent resident status, you cannot get back, you cannot get from India into the United States. Now, listen, I am not, not knocking Joe Biden for this. Donald Trump was right when he did it a year ago. And Biden is correct in doing this now. I'm not knocking Biden. I am, however, wondering where is loudmouth Nancy Pelosi? Just asking. 561-8255. Gary's on the line. Hey, Gary, how are you, sir? Hey, Tom. How's it going? How's do- it going? Doing well. Good to hear from you. Good, good. I just got a question. I've, I've been having this question ever since I started hearing that stuff about the Democrats wanting to make the District of Columbia a state and Puerto Rico a state, and they're saying that it's automatically going to have Democrat representatives from D.C. and from Puerto Rico. How does that work? I mean, there's not going to be a vote for any Republicans to get in on this? Or just well, no, I think, be- I, well, what, first of all, uh, there are many out there that are smarter than I that have said this is going to take uh, a an amendment that uh, we're going to have to do more than just have Congress vote on it. Uh, but what they're saying is because it is such a predominantly uh, Democrat areas where the Democrats just have a whole, hold – uh, a majority. I mean, if you look at how Puerto Rico votes, uh, more so Washington D.C. You know, in the presidential election, you know, Donald Trump maybe got ten percent of the vote, and uh, uh, Biden got ninety percent. I, I don't know that for a fact, but I mean, it was it was very lopsided. So they're just speculating that if D.C. were to become a state, that would be just one. Well, it might be more than one congressional seat, but it would also be two senatorial seats. And they would both go to Democrats. Automatically? I mean, well, no, no, not automatically, but they're just saying they're projecting that the vote would be so overwhelming for Democratic candidates that Republicans wouldn't have a chance. 
And I, I, I don't know about Puerto Rico if that would actually be the case. But it would be, uh, it would be pretty hard for a Republican to win in uh, D.C. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's well, just o- o- overwhelming. The way I was hearing it, just automatically, if D.C. becomes a state, they automatically get two Democrats in, in, you know, for the Senate. I'm like, well, now, wait a minute. Ain't there some voting supposed to be going yeah, on? Yeah, there would, yeah, you would still go through the process, but it would be, yeah, they're looking at that. Listen, if if the, these Democrats that are saying, oh, you know, the poor people of, of uh, Washington, D.C. need to be have oh, representation yeah. in the Senate, if, if you were to take an area that was as— conservative as washington dc is liberal the the democrats wouldn't have they wouldn't care one iota about the people of that area if, if washington yeah. dc yeah. was conservative they would say there's no way we can allow them to have representation you know i can't remember who it was but one um a member of congress came out and said look why don't we just make dc a part of uh, the the state of maryland that way the maryland. people yeah. will have representation uh, from the uh, senators that uh, represent Maryland, and they ought to be happy because the Maryland senators are pretty liberal. Uh, pretty liberal, yeah. definitely. Yep, for sure. Okay. Hey, Gary, good All to hear right. from you. Thanks for the call. Five six one eight two five five. Fox News is reporting Vice President Kamala Harris today claimed that a lack of climate adaptation and climate resilience in Northern Triangle countries was the root cause of the migration crisis at the southern U.S. border, along with a list of other issues, including violence and government corruption. Now, what's amazing about this is that it happened so quickly. I mean, stop and think about this. Prior to last November the 3rd, when we had the general election that took place, where Joe Biden was claimed to be the winner, up to that point, the border was quiet. Right after that, crowds started coming in by the hundreds, by the thousands. I don't remember anything with the climate in the news. I mean, do you remember anything, problems at the time? I, I, don't, remember, I don't remember any big climate issues that, were, that, that changed that happened around elections. Because, I mean, there weren't these people coming prior to November 3rd. But the problem is climate. The problem is, and I don't remember anything about corrupt governments getting any worse right around November 3rd. Uh, was, you know, what, what happened that, uh, <laughs> well, you know the answer to that. It's Biden's and Kamala Harris's idiotic policies. Republicans have pointed to the rolling back of the Trump-era border protections like construction of the border wall and the migrant protection protocols for the surge at the migration of the southern border, you think? Um, yeah, Biden is scrambling for an answer, and leave it to Biden and Kamala Harris to come up with blaming it on climate change. The White House has doubled down on its emphasis on root causes such as violence and poverty for the reason of the surge. Again, so I, I guess prior to November 3rd that Everybody was having a great income, doing well. The climate, the weather down in Central America must have just been marvelous up to November the 3rd. And I guess prior to November the 3rd, there was no corruption. There was no gang-related issues down there. Good uh, good for uh, 
the the folks in Central America, but too bad that November 3rd everything turned. Uh, We're looking at extensive storm damage of extreme climate. We're looking at drought in an area and a region where agriculture is one of the most traditionally important bases for their economy. We're looking at what's happening in terms of food scarcity as a result of that and, in fact, incredible food insecurity, which we used to call food hunger insecurity, she said. Um, But again, you know, prior to uh, November 3rd, everything was fine, I guess. So uh, thank you, Kamala, for that uh, great insight. 561-8255. Robert, you said? Rob. Rob, how are you, sir? Just fine. Good to hear from you. Oh, it's interesting the, uh, that the District of Columbia was explicitly set up the way it was. And if people who live there so desire representation, they can move to one of the 50 states. Right. Perfectly fine. Right. Yeah, it was, it was specifically set up as an area not to be governed by a state, that it would be for the federal government and the federal government alone. Yeah. Yeah, that was by design. It wasn't a mistake. But you got to remember, Rob, that it was designed by a bunch of white, bigoted, you know, conservative men that didn't know what they were doing. I'm being sarcastic, Rob. (laughs) Their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. None of which can be found in D.C. these days. No. And well stated, yeah. <laughs> That's a, that is a bygone era. Oh, oh, could we only get it back? Yeah. Uh, good point. Thanks for what you do. Yeah, I man. appreciate your show, sir. Hey, Rob, good to hear from you. Thank you for your comments. Um, speaking of how things change, you know, there was, there was a time in the early days of the CIA when— um, it was an adventure. It was a patriotic duty. You really, you know, it was, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, a little scary. It was an adventure. It was all that. Um, but oh, how things have changed. Texas Senator Ted Cruz slammed the CIA's latest woke recruitment ad which includes lines like, I'm a woman of color, I'm a cisgender millennial, I'm an intersectional, uh, intersectional. we've come a long way from Jason Bourne, said uh, Ted Cruz. He also went on to say, if you're a Chinese communist, or an Iranian mullah, or Kim Jong-un, would this scare you? Here's the here's just part of the audio. It's about a two minute piece. Here's just part of the audio from this um, adventuresome delve into the CIA. I'm a woman of color. I am a mom. I am a cisgender millennial who's been diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. I am intersectional, but my existence is not a box checking exercise. I am a walking declaration. A woman whose inflection does not rise at the end of her sentences, suggesting that a question has been asked. But at 36, I refuse to internalize misguided patriarchal ideas of what a woman can or should be. I am tired of feeling like I'm supposed to apologize for the space I occupy rather than intoxicate people with my effort, my brilliance. I am proud of me, full stop. I stand here today a proud, first-generation Latina and officer at CIA. I am unapologetically me. 
So it's interesting. She says, I'm not going to check all the boxes, but the CIA did. <laughs> Had a woman, woman of color. Got to men- mention, you know, cisgender, which, okay, so she's cisgender, but the very fact that that is the insinuation that, okay, you could be cisgender, but you could also be transgender. I'm an intersectional. Uh, come on. I mean, is this, is, could you, could, I mean, go back. If you, you can actually go on YouTube and you can find numerous promotional videos from the CIA. And most of them over the years have been about, it, 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 they they look like uh, even though people aren't in uniform, they would look like and and add you know for be all you can be for for the army, or you know we want the the few the proud the marines that that kind of a patriotic sense of duty. And what are they doing now? Oh, I'm I'm checking all the politically correct boxes. And Ted Cruz is right. Kim Jong Un's got to be over there laughing. I mean, really. Are, and this is what they're doing to the military as well. They're, they're not there to defend the United States, to protect the American people. They're more worried about the social experiment. They're more worried about making sure that all the, all the woke people are, are feeling loved, feeling embraced. A former CIA officer criticized the video, saying that, quote, America is less safe with this new CIA and dangerously more political. The CIA used to be about mission to country. I speak speak from experience, tweeted Brian Dean Wright. Now it's about demanding and getting accommodation to fix an emotional wound or advance a personal agenda. Even Meghan McCain slammed the video as a joke. The CIA recruitment video is a joke and truly embarrassing to our entire country, Russia, China, and our enemies are laughing at us. J.D. Vance, the author, wrote that our universities teach people to talk like this. It's a national embarrassment. Ryan uh, Severta wrote, Biden is turning every U.S. institution into an embarrassing freak show. The world is laughing at us. Oh, my. Oh, my. Can we survive the next three and a half years? Stay with us. I'll be right back. This is your Drive at Five, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. So uh, driving home tonight, uh, be careful. It is coming down like out of a fire hose here in the Greenville area outside of our studios. The trees are bending over and the rain is uh, literally coming down like a fire hose. So be careful. Um, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo who presided over a COVID-19 nursing home policy that may have resulted in thousands of coronavirus-related deaths among the elderly, has now warned New York's unvaccinated and vaccine-hesitant residents that they could, quote, kill their grandmothers if they continue to refuse to get a COVID-19 shot. During a press conference on Monday, Cuomo, who was facing down a nursing home scandal, 
and uh, a bunch of sexual harassment allegations, said that the state was targeting the youthful and the doubtful to get COVID-19 vaccine, per Fox News. Cuomo said that there is an attitude amongst the unvaccinated that they believe they'll be fine and warned that the unvaccinated people could have a lingering consequence of COVID-19. There is an attitude that they'll be fine, that the, why should I get the vaccine? Maybe you will get a, a long-haul syndrome that we're really not sure what it is yet, but a lingering consequence of COVID. Uh, Governor, uh, first of all, I don't think you're a doctor. Secondly, it's pretty obvious you don't know what you're talking about because how many thousands of people died at your edicts about the nursing homes. Uh, but you, you can say the same thing about people that get the vaccine. Now, I'm not, I'm not wishing or hoping or thinking even that there's some long-haul syndrome that they might get. But quite frankly, they don't know. They don't know. He said, maybe you'll go home and kiss your grandmother and wind up killing your grandmother, he said. Fox News meteorologist Janice Dean, who became a chief advocate for victims of Cuomo's nursing home policy after learning that her in-laws likely died of COVID-19 because of uh, the rule that Cuomo put into place, came out and said Cuomo has some nerve calling others grandma killers. He has some nerve shaming others for possibly endangering their grandparents, Dean told the network. Over 15,000 elderly are no longer with us, thanks in part to his deadly policy to readmit infected patients into nursing homes. (laughs) Janice Dean, she didn't mince words. She said, if anyone knows how to kill a grandma, it's Andrew Cuomo. Wow. (laughs) Janice Dean, go get him. The, uh, I mean, here's the other thing too. Why are we not talking about get the vaccine or if you have actually had COVID again, any doctors, I'm not a doctor. I'm just telling you what I'm, I'm hearing other doctors say. If, if you've had the, if you've had COVID, you've got immunity. So why would you go out and get the shot on top of the fact that you've had it and you have immunity? By the way, the National Review is uh, running a little um, background check into how Texas and, you know, Texas basically has been open for the last month or so. Well, all the way back to March the 2nd, they've been opening up. And uh, anyway, compared to New York, they're doing quite, quite well. New York says they'll be fully open by the middle of May. Hey, we got to take out the time out. Stay with us. I'll be right back. This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Breaking news. Kentucky Derby jockey winner John Veliquez has turned down a White House invite. (laughs) Are you ready for this? Saying if he wanted to see a horse's ass, he would have finished second. (laughs) I'm not kidding. That wasn't me. That was John Veliquez. The jockey. I think I like John. I think now I'm happy he won. <laughs> the Daily Wire is reporting a gun, a GoFundMe account for an Idaho marshal's deputy who was reportedly suspended and placed under internal investigation for mocking athlete and activist LeBron, LeBron James. I'll get it out. Has more than recouped his financial losses, blowing up to. Are you ready? by this morning. After James 
seemingly doxed and threatened a police officer who saved a young black girl's life. This was the situation up in uh, uh, Columbus, Ohio. He wrote, the deputy's name is Nate uh, Sylvester. He uh, actually posted this on TikTok. Quote, so if you don't care if a black person kills another black person, but you do care if a white cop kills a black person, even if he's doing it to save another black person, Sylvester says in his video, Mocking James, I mean, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But then again, you're a really good basketball player, so I guess I'll take your word for it. Sylvester was publicly condemned by Values Marshall's office, and a GoFundMe account was set up for the officer by a friend who says he was suspended without pay. The Bellevue's Marshal's office is aware of the extreme controversy regarding Deputy Marshal Sylvester's viral video. The statements made do not represent the Bellevue's Marshal's office, the uh, office said in the statement. The Bellevue Marshal's office always demands that our deputies engage with our citizens in a friendly and professional manner. This is not how we expect our deputies to act on duty or use city time. First of all, who says he did it on city time? Secondly, does he lose his freedom of speech because he's a deputy? Uh, it sounds to me, and, and, and what about LeBron James? Now, he deleted his tweet, but he put his tweet out there, made it clear for everybody. Where is the repercussion for LeBron James and putting the officer in harm's way? Remember what he put? He put, he put a picture of the officer on there saying, you're next. This is the officer that saved the life of the young black teenager from the other woman. LeBron James says, you're next. Where is, is he going to get canned from the NBA? No? Oh, gee, there's a shocker. Uh, and by the way, what this officer in Idaho said, it sounds very reasonable. It's a very reasonable statement and a strong defense for another officer. Another law enforcement officer who just saved the life of this teenage girl. Now, you know what? I wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me at all if this guy, Nate Sylvester, the deputy, kept every penny of the $406,000. I pat him on the back and said, buddy, better hold on to it because it might be a while before you get another job in this politically woke society we live in. But, but, Sylvester said, he will not be the sole beneficiary. He's going to share it. He's going to share it with his fellow officers. As stated in earlier updates by him, Nate plans to get back to the police community at large, including the First Responders Children's Fund. He plans to donate a portion of the funds collected to that charity. He was also going to help out anyone else that finds themselves in the same situation that he finds himself in, where the woke has decided to cancel him. Uh, congratulations, Nate Sylvester. Hope you do well. Hope you land on your feet. And it sounds like America's behind you. Hey, we'll do it again tomorrow. Look forward to it. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right. Up.